This is Shelby Hansen, and this is episode 15, Why You Don't Feel Grateful. Welcome to the Creating Your Beautiful Life podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Hansen. I'm an invisible illness warrior, kidney transplant recipient, speech and language expert, mom to four, and life coach for people who have gone through incredible health challenges. On this podcast, I teach you how to move forward from difficulty and disappointment into joy and abundance as you take charge of creating your own beautiful life. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's podcast. I am recording in my bedroom looking out the window and this is the first snowfall that we've gotten of this winter and it kind of won't stop. So it's really pretty outside just watching this peaceful snow. It's also a holiday. So I've got my kids around They're in and out playing in the snow. So hopefully they don't interrupt the podcast today, but I wanted to share with you a review that I got on um, the iTunes app. This comes from Jules of Choose Movement, and she says, Shelby is an incredibly inspiring coach. She takes you on a journey where we often don't want to go. She provides multiple vehicles to drive us to various destinations so that we get on a path of where we need to be at the moment. Love her soft and caring personality as well. Soothing voice. (laughs) Highly recommend this podcast to any person who is feeling confused and stuck. Thank you, Jules, for that awesome review. Okay. We're going to get started today. As I said, this podcast is about why you may or may not be feeling grateful. Okay. The self-help culture really values gratitude and it makes sense because true gratitude feels so good. And there's honestly a ton of benefits to practicing gratitude. Many of us start out the new year and we're thinking about how we can start a gratitude practice. And you might be noticing that at the beginning, it's a little bit hard to think about something to be grateful for. But once you start one thing, then it just starts kind of compounding and it's easier and easier. And part of that is getting into the habit of being grateful. And the other part is recognizing what is getting in the way of us feeling true gratitude. So we're going to start off with a little exercise in this podcast today. I want you to think back to a time when you had something happen in your life that you were truly grateful for. It could be a present you got or an event that happened. It could be the birth of a child or a promotion for your hard work, or it could be reaching a big goal that you had set yourself, set for yourself. Now, I want you to think about what was happening in your life at that time. Picture yourself there. Really see if you can go there in your mind. If you're not driving, you might even want to kind of close your eyes for this part. Now, thinking about that thing that happened, what are you feeling in your body right now? What sensations are happening? What are you thinking right now? If you were able to create gratitude in your body right then, then try letting it expand. Try letting it get bigger and bigger. Allow that gratitude to fill up your whole body. For me, I was really thinking about something 
just now, I was just thinking about the snow outside and how grateful I am for the snow. The snow is the circumstance, right? But I really love focusing on how beautiful it is. So thinking of the self-coaching model, gratitude is an emotion created by our thinking about a circumstance. And that's really amazing news because it means that you have the power to create gratitude simply by what you think. Just like I was saying, I was grateful for the snow. I've really practiced being grateful for all four seasons because I grew up in some tropical areas. We've lived um, at the beach. I am one that would be okay without four seasons, (laughs) but I've really been training my brain towards embracing all of the seasons and finding the beauty in whatever there is. But some people hate the snow. And most of the people that I talk to that hate the snow, they're like, oh, well, it just gets so dirty and it gets on the roads and it's not nice. And what if I have to go somewhere and it might be dangerous? And I just choose in this moment to drop all of that and really focus on creating that gratitude because I like it. Okay. And now that you've experienced that exercise, I want to talk about why we don't feel grateful sometimes. And the biggest way that I block myself from gratitude, and you might be the same way, is that I tell myself that I should be feeling grateful. This episode is going to touch on both gratitude and the shoulds of our lives. Okay? Gratitude is an emotion. It's one that we love to have. People are always trying to practice gratitude, thinking that it's going to help them have a happy life. We love it when we feel gratitude. But so often we can't produce it on demand. Do you want to know why? It's because of the story you are telling yourself. If you think you should feel grateful, well, that's the quickest way to make sure you won't be feeling true gratitude. Since gratitude comes from our thinking, when you are thinking anything with a should statement, like I should be grateful, it doesn't create gratitude in your feelings should only creates guilt and shame. For a deeper dive into what shame means and what it is, I highly recommend any of Brene Brown's books. She's one of my very favorite authors and they're incredible. And Brene Brown tells us that the difference between shame and guilt is that shame is focused on the self. Guilt is focused on behavior. Shame is I am bad. Guilt is I did something bad. Let me give you an example of when I felt shame in the past. There was one time a couple of years ago when I forgot to take my transplant meds one day. I had my headphones in and I thought that I was telling my AirPods to put the alarm on snooze. I ended up turning it off accidentally instead. And I didn't realize it until it was far too late to take my meds before the next dose was due. I was completely overwhelmed with an avalanche of shame. And it felt like I just couldn't crawl out from under it. It was like this big black cloud just came and descended on me. So for those of you who don't know, once you have a transplant, you're on daily immunosuppressant medication for the rest of your life. And if you miss even a single dose, it can jeopardize your transplant and put you at risk for rejecting the organ. I had been lectured over and over in the hospital and by my doctors about how important this one step was of taking care of my health. 
And I taken it really seriously, a little too seriously. So seriously that when I did eventually forget, I went into a tremendous amount of shame just thinking about it. Like I can, I can feel the remnants of how terrible it felt. And I was thinking thoughts like, I'm so stupid. I shouldn't have forgotten. How could I be such an idiot? I, sh- I should have set another alarm. I should have come up with a different way to remember. And I had the story behind all of those thoughts that I was letting everyone down, that other people could have gotten this kidney. And now I was just throwing it away by not taking care of it. I wasn't honoring the donor's sacrifice. I know I'm being a little dramatic, but this is what my brain was offering to me a couple years ago. And I was believing it all hook, line, and sinker. It had such weight because I'm such a difficult match. And the doctor said it could be another 10 years before they'd find another match like the one that I'd had. And the funny thing is though, I thought forgetting the pills was what was making me feel this way. It was not. It was what I was thinking about forgetting the pills. I know this because since this incident, I've been on multiple Facebook transplant pages and I've seen posts of other people forgetting their transplant meds. And some of them have gone into a ton of shame like, like me. And some people have sh- simply shrugged it off and not worried too much about it. Forgetting the pills is neutral. It's all dependent on what we want to think about it. And the thoughts that I was having caused the shame. And from that shame I took or failed to take action because of the feeling of shame. I was wrong. There was something wrong with me. Not I did something wrong. I was wrong. So what did I do from the feeling of shame? Well, I hid. I didn't call my doctors because I couldn't imagine what they would say to me over the phone, the tongue lashing that I would get. And I tried to distract myself with screens and with social media so I didn't have to listen to my brain telling me what a bad person I was. And my results were that I didn't take care of my health after the mistake. It took quite a lot of coaxing and therapy for me to be able to process what had happened. Luckily, my kidney remained undamaged, but I didn't even let the doctors tell me what I could do to help remedy the situation. But now, and with hundreds, literally hundreds of other smaller instances of shooting and shaming, I've proven to myself over and over again that I do not like the results that come from believing that I'm a bad person. And any of those should or shouldn't thoughts, that thinking doesn't drive my best actions ever. Okay, I'll give you another smaller example to clarify the point. When I'm dealing with a screaming four-year-old and I lose my cool and begin yelling instead of being patient, I will sometimes think, I'm not a good mother. I should be better. He was a high-risk pregnancy. I should be grateful he's here and I'm not right now. And I'm a terrible mother for thinking that. When I have all of those should statements in my thought line, for me, the thought I should be grateful he's here, what I'm really saying is I'm not grateful he's here and I should be. For me, that thought creates shame in my body. It doesn't create gratitude by thinking I should be grateful. I have this shame from this underlying belief that I am a bad person. Okay, the problem, again, it's not the screaming four-year-old. It's not even my yelling reaction to him. The problem is the judgment I have for myself 
and that I made it mean that there was something wrong with me. So in that moment, no, I do not want to feel grateful that I have a four-year-old. And I know later when it's over, I have the choice of what I want to think about that situation. Do I want to perpetuate the guilt and the shame I have over how I behaved? Or do I want to comfort that part of myself who thought that she needed to yell in order for her to get her way? The part of me that thought that the only way to get the result that I wanted was to yell? No, I want to take care of her. I want to understand her. I want to see why does she think that that's her only option? In the moment and afterward, I want to examine the story that I'm telling about the situation and then decide what I want to believe on purpose. I can believe that I love him, I'm grateful for him, and sometimes it's hard. I can embrace the ands of any situation. I can believe that I am grateful for my transplant and sometimes I'm going to mess up. Or I'm grateful to be able to live the life I have and there's also going to be some hard times. And here's what I do believe. I believe that should never drives my best action. I can hear it in my inner dialogue when it says, this shouldn't be this hard. They should do this. I should do that. It's a practice to drop should from your vocabulary and to recognize when it's coming up. But I've proven to myself over and over again that I never like how I feel when I believe the should thoughts. It doesn't mean that the shoulds don't come up unintentionally. It just means that I've become the detective of my brain and I can see when a should happens and I get to choose if I believe that should or not. Okay. I want to give you three potential ways that I see people handling shame when it comes up. Okay. The first one is people ignore it and they let it get bigger. This is what I did when I didn't take those transplant meds. I tried to ignore the shame. I didn't want to address it because I just thought I was so bad and I just let it get bigger and bigger and bigger. I didn't address it. And that's why it felt so dark and so heavy. The second way is that you can pay attention to the shame and allow it. Now, this one took me a lot of practice but it's a skill that can be learned. And it's one of my very favorite skills that I now know how to do. Now, whenever I get that familiar shame feeling, for me, it's sucking in at my chest. Whenever I know that I'm starting to feel shame, there it's like there's this click that I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm, I am thinking a should statement right now. I'm thinking that I should be different than I am right now. I'm thinking that something's gone wrong and there's something wrong with me. And I might not even be aware of the thinking, but I can feel it in my body. So now I just practice relaxing into it. Okay. What I do is I don't push it away. I just allow that shame to exist in my body. And I name the sensations in my body and I breathe into it, not to get it to leave, but to give my body the attention it deserves. And I allow myself to relax into the shame and not let it mean anything about me. Okay. The third way that people handle shame is to just agree with it. And again, 
not let it mean anything about you. Okay. So you can agree with should thoughts on purpose and release that shame. If I think that I should be a better mother and I notice that I'm thinking that sometimes I just agree with the should thought and I don't let it make mean anything about me. So I say, yep, (laughs) I tell my brain I should be a better mother, but I'm not. That's okay. We'll try again next time and maybe do better then. Okay. So whenever you think that you should feel grateful, but you just don't, it's because you're shaming yourself about not feeling grateful. You're making it mean that there is something wrong with you for not being grateful in the first place. So how do we allow room for gratitude instead? We had that exercise at the beginning where you were able to think back to an experience or something that was happening that you were grateful for. And so you can take that practice and expand on it to a lot of different areas of your life. Now, don't get me wrong. We don't have to feel grateful for everything. I mean, go back and listen to my toxic positivity podcast if you need a refresher. I don't need to feel grateful when I have quote unquote bad things that happen in my life they're pretty much all neutral. So it's a thought that it's a bad thing, but I don't have to feel grateful. If I get sick, I don't have to feel grateful that I'm sick. I'm allowed to feel annoyed and discomfort and all of that disappointment, whatever. Okay. So you don't have to feel grateful about everything. This is the point. Like I should feel grateful even when I get sick. Maybe not. Maybe see yourself as a complete whole and really take care of yourself as a person. But This is a podcast on why we don't feel grateful. So I want to leave you with three parting ways to create gratitude from a place of love and abundance. Okay. So the first step is to get present, get present in your surroundings, in your life, and start to really recognize everything that exists in your life already. I'm going to make some assumptions about you because if you're listening to this podcast, that means you have access to the internet, probably some sort of a smartphone, probably somebody recommended this to you, or you had somebody that you love that told you about this, or I told you about this. You've got some pretty amazing things in your life already. Okay. And so even if you can't come to anything, recognizing anything in your life, even if everything just feels so overwhelming right now, Even if it's as simple as that you are still breathing, you have something. Okay. That's the first step. Get present and recognize everything that exists in your life. The second thing is to decide on purpose that you want what you have. Okay. You want to be breathing. You want the people that are in your life to be there. You want to be in the house you are living in. Dwell on the things that you want that already exist in your life. If there's something that you don't want in your life, you don't need to put this into this part of the practice, okay? Just think about the things that you want. Like I have a water bottle that's one of my very favorite water cups next to me. I want that. It's there and I want it. Okay. The third step is that in the wanting of the things that you have in your life, allow yourself to savor them. 
I really wanted when we moved to a new place, I really wanted a window in my bedroom that looked out over some trees. We looked at several houses. We actually found one rental that we were pretty sure about. And I went to the window and there was no trees. <laughs> I know it seems really simple and really funny, but when we found this house that actually ended up being a much better fit for us, it was almost this confirmation when I looked outside the window and saw the trees. I was like, oh yeah. So I wanted that and I have it. And now I get to savor it. Okay. Allow yourself to explore a time when you wanted some of these things, but you didn't have them yet. Give yourself space to dwell on each thing and send appreciation to whatever you have in your life without expecting anything from it in return. This is the secret to where gratitude lives. Gratitude comes from wanting what you already have. Okay, that's it for today. And I'm going to leave you with a parting quote from Frank Sonnenberg. Find your happiness, not by seeking more, but by appreciating what you already have. All right. Thank you for listening today. My 2022 goal is to get 100 reviews on this podcast. Can you help me do that? It's super simple in your smartphone app. Just tap podcast, this podcast, go to the ratings and review and leave me a five-star review and then tap the write a review button to let other people know what to expect from the podcast. I'd love to read your review of the podcast on my next podcast episode. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you're looking for a life coach to work with, what are you waiting for? Let's coach together today. Hope you have a wonderful week creating beauty wherever you go.